Natural the Catalyst with Human Design for Parents and Kids. I am happy today. To, I have a wonderful guest to share with you. Her name is Cheryl Schubert. She's from Colorado, and she is a sought-after lifestyle coach, mentor, and best-selling author, and is the founder of Your Key Ingredients Coaching. As wife, mom, and former corporate go-getter, Cheryl knows firsthand the frustration of trying to do it all and feeling that none of it is good enough. After 25 years leading and coaching teams in the male-dominated technology space, she walked away to prioritize and enhance her relationships with her teenage sons. Their journey included incredible lows and tremendous growth together. Backed by multiple coaching and leadership certifications, Cheryl now harnesses those experiences to empower other moms to let go so that they can embrace a more respectful and confident connection with their adolescents. With a special focus on moms with teens and tweens, Cheryl shows moms how to shed their feelings of frustration and guilt and enjoy time for themselves and for their families. As I said, Cheryl lives outside Boulder, Colorado, where she enjoys hiking, skiing, and all things outdoors. And you can connect with her at yourkeyingredients.com or at Cheryl Schubert on Instagram. I'll have the links for those in the show notes. So thank you so much for being with us, Cheryl. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you've come into the work that you're doing today. Tell us about that journey. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So, you know, as you mentioned, I worked in the technology world for 25 years. I was working 60 hours a week. I was trying to be a full-time mom at the same time, trying to be the best wife I can be, trying to do all of the things we think we're supposed to do. And I just felt like none of it was, I was, I was not up to par on any of them. And as much as I was trying to create a life for my kids, I really wasn't giving them the best part of me. And I never felt like I was building the relationship with them that I wanted. And so that's why I left my career to really spend more time with them and get to go get to know them before they left the house and they left the college. And it's been a, it's been a, a series of ups and downs, but we're all on the good slope. We're all in a really great place and we're connecting like we never have. So it's it's been phenomenal. Um, On that journey, I had some women who asked me to coach them on mindset and transition. And so that's how I stepped into the coaching space outside of my corporate world where I did that for, for many, many years. But when we as a family entered into a crisis, one of my sons did not do so well during the pandemic in that he just struggled to navigate it like I think a lot of kids did. And so we as a family, went through a lot of work together to improve our connection and learn how to support each other. And what I found along the way was the best way to help my kids was to get out of their way, stop trying to control everything and allowing them to lead. And if you think about, you know, try, fail, grow, right? None of us do anything right the first time. And so we need to let our kids go through that. We need to let them know what it likes, what it's like to fail or not get what you want and what you do next to recover from that. And so when you do that, your kids become more resilient and they feel more empowered. And when you're there to guide them when they fall, um, they feel more supported um, as they grow into the amazing humans they're meant to be. Yeah, definitely. I I agree. There's a difference between guiding them along the side to where um, versus, like you said, being 
more in control of that process. Can you talk to speak to that a little bit? It's, it's a real fine line being over involved versus just involved enough, you know. Right. I mean, the reality is we can't control anyone but ourselves. So trying to control our kids, trying to control our spouse, trying to control anybody, it's just, it's, it's not a thing. It really doesn't happen. Right. And so <laughs> when you can let go and you just focus on the things you can control, um, it makes such a difference in your own peace because you realize that the things you're, you're just beating your head against a wall, trying to control things you can't. And giving your turning over some of that control to your kids as they're old enough to take on new things shows you have confidence in them mm-hmm. and that they are willing to try and fail because they know you're still going to love them and you're going to help them figure out what to do next. But trying to control all of those different parts just uh, shuts them down and it, it really uh, makes a uh, connection difficult. Yeah. Um, and I, I, to speak to that, it, this, uh, I think there's a kind of a myth out there that, um, you know, they're starting to pull away. So I should pull back or try to like latch on because I'm scared mm-hmm. of the pulling away. Right. But mm-hmm. um, why is the tween and teen time the right time to do the work? I think it for some people that might feel a little counterintuitive that maybe building the stronger relationship should happen before that season. But you're really seeing a lot of moms that are saying, no, now is the right time. Why is that a, the, a better time to really work on, on that dynamic of letting go and still being really connected? So when your kids are younger, right, they're, they're still building the skills, right? They're still having the experiences and learning enough, really coordination and all the things, you know, some of the, the critical thinking that they need to do in order to solve problems themselves. And when your kids start to pull away, that's when they're starting to figure out, well, who am I? What do what do I want to be? Who do I want to be? And w- for us to come and tell them those answers is, is really not the right approach because we're never going to be right, right. They need to explore who they are and navigate that. And so allowing them to start having those experiences um, with our guidance uh, really allows them to build that confidence. And so I'm not sure it's it's necessarily about right time, wrong time. It's it's about when are our kids more capable of making some of those decisions and when is it safe for them to fail and to how do we come in to help them, you know, pick them up and help them decide what to do next. Um, they're just more capable of making some of those decisions and ex- going through some of those tough experiences, um, you know, as they get into the, the tween and teen years. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so what are some common challenges that are faced by moms with with teens and preteens today? Um, what are some of the things you've noticed in your work? Yeah, I mean, we hit on it a little bit, right? So if you think about moms today, they they grew up with with some more, and I'm going to say traditional gender roles. I know our gender roles are are kind of evolving very fast yeah, right now. True, um, but when you think back to, I know when I was a kid, uh, you know, we had your Dad was the one, for the most part, who went to work every day, who who made the living. Mom might have been a stay-at-home mom for a lot of the moms. M- mine worked, but and and some did. Um, we were also learning to be more independent, right? Coming out of the the uh, '60s, where women can do it all, and we tried to do it all. So as we were growing up as girls and and into moms, we're working. Most of us are working full time. We are trying to be independent. We're trying to do all the things, which comes to the the point I mentioned earlier about 
trying to control it all because we have so many balls in the air. The only right. way we can feel we can get through is to control it all, right? If right. we let go of even one thing, it's all going to come crashing down, right? Mm -hmm. And so we've got ourselves into a place of we've got to control it all. And that's why we feel like we're out of control. And I think that's the biggest challenge with moms. And then to our previous conversation of, you know, the, the dynamic with the teen trying to control them and that just has them pull away more. So, right. you know, just having really frank conversations around, I, I don't know what you need. What can I help you with? Right. Having some of those conversations, like sometimes we're afraid to ask, or we think we should know the answers. And so we feel mm -hmm. we look weak asking our kids. Right. But honestly, most of the times they're going to say they don't know, because a lot of times they have no idea what they're feeling, what they should be feeling and where they should be headed. And so they're looking for guidance, but they don't want to be told. Right. Mm -hmm. They just need to experience it, explore and then figure out, you know, what to do with that information. Right. Yeah. A lot of trial and error in that stage, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, I've heard people say that it, that teenage years are kind of like toddlerhood only in bigger bodies with much bigger consequences. Would you say that's kind of true? It's true. It's true. And, you know, when you're talking about a lot of the learning happening, a lot of learning is happening for moms too, right? And mm -hmm. in the earlier days of being a mom, you're really trying to keep your kid up alive don't take the fork and the and the socket don't you know don't do this mm -hmm. thing and just helping them from a physical perspective but as they're getting older and they pull away we as moms need to grow and learn how to mom in a different way right so right. that we're not this helicopter parent but we're more what I've, I've heard as a lighthouse parent which is you're the guide you're the beacon and then they can navigate from there um but you know, we can't parent the same way when our kids are 13 as we can when they're three. It's it's a very different, they need very different things from us and we need to learn to grow through that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so how do you coach moms into a better place? And I guess, why is that so important? I was, uh, I, when we met the first time, I, I remarked that I thought it was interesting that most of your work is focused on the moms, not the teenagers at all. You're, we're not about trying to change them. And I think that's brilliant and beautiful. Um, so tell me a little bit about what, yeah. What do you, yeah, um, exactly. What, uh, what kind of things, what helps moms be in a better space for that transition that they're going through to be a different mom? So, yeah, a lot of people ask me if I'm a parenting coach and it's like, not, not really, but I do help in that space because I'm helping the mom remember who she is and remember what's important to her. And I, I use a five part formula to help them go from chaos to, you know, creating the lifestyle that they want. Uh, it starts with calming the chaos, right? We really, we really can do less, right? We have signed up for so many things. And so it's a matter of figuring out what things we can say no to, what things we can give back, what things we can just stop doing. But, you know, sometimes we get wound up in things that we've decided need to happen and they often don't. And nobody would care if they stopped, right? So, right. so the first step is calm the chaos. Um, the second one is clarify what it is you really want, right? We get, we get somewhat confusing or just bogged down by all of these responsibilities that we have that we can forget what it is we want, what's important to us at our core. And so, I help you work through your your top core values to understand what's important to you and help you realize why things bother you so much because something's a, a core value to you that's why this this thing might be such an issue and why you and your team don't get along because that's not a core value for them but it is for you mm 
So how do you communicate with them and understanding what your core values are helps you with that conversation and helps them understand why things are important to you, right? And so rather than just because I said so, there's actually a more concrete and specific reason why that you can use to talk with them. The third step is connect. And that's where you take what you've learned, what you've gotten rid of things, you've learned about yourself, you've actually learned about your teens and the other people close in your life, that you can then create better connection because you have the language to do that now. And so you can have healthier conversations that are understanding and direct, but also very um, loving and um, allowing you both to grow and understand where each other's perspective is so that you can kind of work through issues together or just work through life together. You know, one of the things I do with my kids is I check in with them once a month and it's like, it's kind of an informal, like, Hey, let's check in. And it's kind of, how are things going for you? How are things going for you? And we use I statements to talk about something that might be bothering us so that we're not blaming each other, but we're really just sharing how we're feeling. And then the other person can understand that. So just really using some simple tools to be direct and open and vulnerable with your teens, because I think when they realize you're not perfect, they start to open up a little bit more and realize they don't have to be either. Yeah. You've mentioned the word perfect a couple of times. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, go ahead. Um, But yeah, I think that you're really honing in on something there. I think that um, some of us put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be this like perfect role model for our kids and not to ever make mistakes because Mm -hmm. then how would they trust us to ask for advice if they knew that we really were kind of figuring it out on the fly too. Right. Right. But I think, but as a person who honestly, feels like a teenager on the inside. I can tell you that as a teenager, I totally needed sometimes for my parents to go, Hey, I've been where you're at and I understand. And rather than you should figure it out because this, you know, cause I don't want you to, I was always getting this pressure not to make the same mistakes they did. So that's one thing they did, right? They were relating, but I don't think that's quite the same thing that you're talking about, which is just like, let's just bring the perfectionism pressure down. You know, yep. it's okay if we all scratch our knee a little bit or, you know, whatever, get a detention. It's not the end of the world. Right. So, it is not the end of the world. <laughs> I'm and not promoting it, detention. I'm just saying it's so. that in the long-term scheme of things, no one has ever asked me about my high school grade point average, at least once I got into college, right? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and no one cares how many times I had to go to detention. So in fact, I don't even think we've anybody's mentioned it till now. <laughs> right. So, right. Exactly. Yeah. Just yeah. be real with them. Right. Yeah. And just kind of keeping things in perspective that I think that's hard for parents because you're right in the thick of it. Right. Absolutely. So I'm sorry. And you said you said then what's the next step? I think you were talking about the yeah, five. So the next C's. step. Sorry, so, I just totally like. Yeah. So we've done yeah. the first three. Yeah. No, it's it's all great. It's great. Um, so the first three is calm, clarify, connect. And that's that's really kind of just foundational for giving you like the the fulfillment and happiness and the connections that you want with those that you love. The next one is compose. And this is really now that you've gotten out of the swirl and the crazy, you can actually start looking at, well, what is it that I want for my life? What do I really want to do? And not necessarily like talking about career shift, but it might be, but you know, as your kids are starting to have more of their own time, you have more time as well. And often we start to just fill that with junk. Oh, I'll binge watch Netflix. Oh, I'll, you know, start to do all these extra chores or whatever these things are that we decide we need to be busy all the time. But what about 
what if you started dreaming, right? What if you looked at what could your life be like? What do you want for the next phase? If you can take the values that you learned in the clarify stage and apply those to what you start discovering about yourself to figure out where you want to go next. So compose is kind of the dreaming, visioning stage and figuring out, okay, where can you go? Right? What, what might that look like? And then the fifth stage, which is really ongoing, I don't think it ever ends, is really create. And so you start taking all of the things you went through and learned and visioned in, in the compose stage and start taking action, right? That might be 10 minutes a week working on that, but you start to learn things and start to navigate and you're going to start to get more excited. So you'll probably spend more than 10, 10 minutes a week, uh, <laughs> but it will help you start moving in that direction so that you don't have this bucket list that then you retire and you start working on it. It's like you start making progress now so that you are not just building your future, but you're living it today. And so you get to have that excitement and joy from thinking and dreaming and actually getting into that activity that really changes your whole perspective and really allows you to feel more like you're living rather than just than going through life. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. I think one of your catchphrases is that you can't pour from an empty cup, right? So it's about Absolutely. filling our cup first with things that make us have some joy and pleasure in life and then being able to kind of spill that over into our children. It's a really beautiful analogy. So, um, okay. So I kind yeah, of, and it also, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Excuse me. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say it also sets a great example, right? It shows them that you, life isn't just work, 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 or mm. you can work at what you love or you, you can be joyful in life, right? It's not just a grind. And so being that example allows them to realize that they can have more joy and happiness in their life rather than just, you know, it's time to get a job, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I we're in a we have an interesting parenting dynamic. I've raised a teenager already who's 25 now, but then I have three boys who are um one's a tween and then the others are two are both younger. And I remember anticipating the teenage stage as if it's going to be this horrible like fighting expedition. And we did we did. I mean, we're two very strong willed women. So we did come to feel like there was two queen bees in the same nest, you know, and that's a natural feeling for, for two firstborn girls, I believe, um, from my research. And so, but what I didn't expect was how much, because I had done so much work with her building um, social skills and proper empathy and those kind of things when she was younger, she was actually a really pleasant teenager when we weren't butting heads over something like Again, it was the power struggles were usually about me learning to let go and her trying mm -hmm. to figure herself out. And um, but yeah, that it was interesting to me. Like I really found it was there's kind of a grief process going on in the background of the relationship because she was leaving and she wasn't probably going to come back. I, I mean, she's a successful human being. Why would I expect her to come back? And I mean, she visits for dinner every week, but like, my point is that it was just this grief process, like all this work, finally you get to see the fruit of these beautiful human beings that live with you. And now this time is like microscopic short. It feels like it's going too fast. So I do think, um, I think sometimes parents kind of play into the control dynamic too, just because that letting go process is sad. It's hard. Um, so what's the first step for, for a mom that's really, like you said, in that chaos stage where her emotions are all over the place, they're all over the place, the roller coaster is happening. And just what's the first step that, like if you could leave our listeners with one tip about how to kind of start stepping into a calm 
away from the chaos. What would that, what would that, I mean, yeah, it's kind of like buckling up your belt before the ride takes off. What, what's the, what's the right. one thing that they, that could just help them make the ride a little more, um, a little easier to survive today for them. So I would say if you don't have any time in your day for yourself, that's the first place to start. Right. I think specifically a morning routine that revolves around you um, even if it's just getting up 15 minutes before the rest of the house wakes up to sit with yourself and figure out what you want for the day, what you want to feel like for the day, it allows you to control you. It allows you to say, okay, today I want to feel like this, and this is what I want to get done today. And 